I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been teaching to you about the straight gate and the narrow way. The straight gate and the narrow way is the gospel. The Bible says so. In Matthew, excuse me, in Mark 1, 1 and 2, the Bible says the beginning of the gospel as it was written by the prophets is prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Prepare the way. That is John the Baptist. That is John the Baptist's message. Make his path straight. A forerunner was a man who ran before the king and he would go into a village or a town and uh, I'm, I'm talking and I'm not, I can't spell right. Forerunner. And he would tell the people, the king is coming. Everyone get on your face, face down. Now, the Bible says, the beginning of the gospel is prepare you the way. There's two ways. There is a narrow way. And there is a broad way. Many go in the broad way. And few find the narrow way. Many go into the broad way. That's why they name all these streets in the big cities downtown Broadway. That's where they got clubs and bars. We got one in Nashville. You come here in the summertime and you may see 20 guys on the street down there in front of those little bars all up and down. And they're playing their guitar trying to get discovered in country music. And you got visitors coming here from all over the world. And Broadway downtown Nashville is just like Broadway downtown New York. It's full of the prostitutes and pimps and drug dealers. That's what they got down there, drinking like crazy. And it just amazes me that one of the biggest bars in the world is on Broadway. One of the most well-known bars is on Broadway. In Nashville, it's called Tootsie's. Blue Orchid Lounge, and it's a place where songwriters go to write and get drunk. That's what it's about. It's right in the back door of the old Opry. Never been to the Opry, never have even wanted to go there. Usually it's a bunch of drunks at the bar next door writing songs. Anyway, so the straight gate is, I lived in Denver, also they had a Broadway there, that's the same way. So the straight gate and the narrow way, that's the good, that's the well way. When John tells guys, I wish above all things, above all things, all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. That's not our word prosper, it's not our word health. The word prosper is the word you O-D-O-O. It is a construction of you and hodas. It means well way. And the well way is the narrow way. I wrote up here, all the below named things and more, these are all death to self. What's the whole purpose of death to self? I'll tell you in a minute. The straight gate is death to self. The narrow way is death to self. 
the daily cross is death to self. A blood baptism was death to self. The Bible says that faith is death to self. Faith is is the substance of things hoped for. Substance. Substance is the word hypostasis. Hypostasis means hupo under. Stasis means to stand. But the Bible says, when a man is in his sin, there's none that understandeth. There's none that seeks God. And if you understand, you learn. And a learner, that is the word disciple. The word disciple is mathetes. We get the mathetes from mathematics. It's math. And you can't be God's disciple in New Luke fourteen twenty seven unless you have a cross. So a cross is a learner that you have to have a cross. You have to have a cross to learn anything. If you go to school and you take a course you've never learned, never known anything about, you have to crucify yourself and listen to the professor. You can't say, well, you know what I think about that professor? He says, we don't care what you think. You're in my class. Be quiet. I'm teaching. Think doesn't mean anything. And if you, th- if you have, it takes a cross to be a learner. A learner is one that understands that that's substance and that's faith. So faith is death to self. Confessing Christ produces a daily cross because when you tell people confess homologo H-O-M-O-L-O-G-E-O comes from homo or homo and logos L-O-G-O-S that's a very common word that means word it means to be of the same homo we know what that means homosexuals of the same sex homologos means of the same word or to agree with you agree every day you don't just walk down some aisle and say I want to confess Christ down here at the altar there's no such thing as an altar down here the altar is your daily cross and that's a daily cross. When the Bible says the preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness, I'm kind of reviewing what I did on my last lesson. I went through all these and many more, many more words that are death to self. Death to self is the only thing that will make you content as a believer in life. You can't fulfill the flesh. It's not possible. So to agree with. So if you go out in public and tell people God does not love everybody, Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan, and predestination is true, and you have to take your cross and die daily, people are not going to like that. Your confessing Christ produces a daily cross. The gospel is the same exact thing as a blood baptism. We've said that. In Mark 1, Mark 1, 1 and 2, the, the beginning of the gospel, anytime you find gospel in the New Testament, it is the word E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-O-N. Euangelion. 
It's our word, E-V-A-N-G-E-L-I-S-M. Every time you find the word gospel, it is that. And you means well, E-U and A-G-G-E-L-O-S. That is the word angel, but that's a terrible word. Every time you find angelos, it means messenger. You can have a heavenly angel like Michael the archangel, or like Gabriel the messenger angel of God, or you can have me. All the preachers in the first century were called angels or angelos, messengers. It's not a mysterious word. It's not some woman with wings flying around looking goofy. That's not it. Anytime you find an angel in the Greek, it's always masculine gender. So when you see angels, masculine. It's masculine gender. All the angels were male. Now, and when you find preach the gospel, preach, that is always the word. Well, I didn't tell you about health. I'll tell you that in a minute. Uh, that's always the word. Preach gospel is E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-Z-O. It comes from you and Angelizo, which is, means to evangelize. You're preaching the, the gospel, but since all of these are the same thing, if you're preaching the gospel, you're preaching a daily cross, narrow way, blood baptism. You're always preaching death to self. Self is our problem. What do you mean self is our problem? Our problem is is when you define self, I want that woman I can't have. I want that man I can't have. I want that car I can't afford. I want is the flesh. And that gets old as you get older. You're thinking, you come to a place and say, I can't have what I want. The best thing to do when you're frustrated as a believer, is kill this off this flesh. Get rid of it. Quit worrying about what you're going to have. What you're going to have is what God wants you to have because He works all things after the counts of His own will. He's declared everything that's going to happen in your life from the beginning to the end. When you have... A, I was talking to Danielle. She said, I'm thankful to God I had this car wrecked. Because I probably wouldn't have found the truth without it. She said, I'm thankful that I had, I've become a paraplegic. You can thankful, be thankful for anything that happens to you because it's God's will. If you take your mind off of self, crucify self, the reason people get frustrated, I'm going to tell you why they get frustrated. Because they're living half and half. Half in the world and half for self, uh, half for Jesus. But when you're living half and half, you're not living half for Jesus. You're living all for self. And you're worried all the time and struggling all the time and hassling and getting bent out of shape. The reason I know that, I used to do that. I used to have asthma attacks every day because I was stretched out because of life. Jesus said, 
take no thought for your life what you'll eat or drink or how you'll be clothed. Whether you'll have that nice suit or not or that nice dress or not. You'll have what God wants you to have. Are you saying sit down and not work? I know I never said that. Work as hard as you can. Not overwork. Whatever you do, do it with all your might. Do it all to the glory of God. And do it for Him. You're not supposed to be doing things for yourself. If you can get self out of the way, all your worries in life will cease. Because every time you worry, it's about what you can have and what I can have and what I can learn and what I can be and how big I can get in the world. And that's what stars have. Stars are not as happy as you think they are. If they were, they wouldn't be divorcing each other in Hollywood about every six weeks. Marrying each other's wives. And that's what they do. If you, I want sex with that woman. I want that car. I want this. It's your flesh that's doing it. Die to the flesh. When you die to the flesh, you're dying to all these worries and strifes. When Jesus said, take no thought, the word is marimnao. For your life, what you'll eat or your drink, M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Marimnao means to be stressed out by this life against the things of God. You're not supposed to, we're not supposed to be doing that. I'm the best example of that in the world. I used to be real sick all the time because I stressed out all the time. And I got sick all the time. Don't hardly ever get sick anymore. And my family knows that's the way I was. I very seldom feel bad. Now, I feel bad for being, I'm getting old. When you're old, you feel bad because you've got all the aches and pains that come with age. But I don't have the things I used to have now. So all of this, this word health, hugiano, that's the word that when he says, I wish, wish, above all things I, that you'd prosper and be in health. Prosper is not money. It's the well way. Not money. And it's, it's the well way. That's the narrow way as opposed to the broad way. Narrow is the word talibo, T-H-L-I-B-O. The narrow way is the same thing as the daily cross. It's the same thing as the straight gate. When he says, enter ye in at the straight gate, you say, Jim, I don't want to enter. Enter in, that's not your choice. When he says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Here's the word akuo. Hupakuo, H-U-P-A-K-O-U-O, is the word obey. That's the word obey. When he says enter, E-I-S-E-R-C-H-O-M-A-I, he's telling all of his elect, enter, and that's an imperative command. That's not your choice. He says, go into this death to self way, daily cross way, blood baptism way, the faith, the understanding, the daily cross way, confessing, agreeing with God, and you have to do that every day out in public. I know you can't do that when you're young in the faith. I understand that. 
But if you get to a place where you grow in the faith, and you will do that because when Peter said, besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith, add is the word epikoregeo. And by the way, that's not an invitation either. E-P-C-H-O-R-E-G-E-O. It, it's an imperative command, and he tells you to add seven things. An imperative is a command as much as any other command in the Bible. It's as much of a command by Jesus when he says, Let there be light. Do you think the light said, Well, you've got to give me an invitation to him, see if I want to be. When he gives you a, an imperative command, that's not something you necessarily want to do he's going to put the want to in your heart and that's just the way it is now i've got many more things to tell you about this testament is death to self it has to be it's the word diatheke in the greek d-i-t-h-e-k-e that's the word testament it's also the word covenant in the new testament it means a last will and testament that has to do with death doesn't it Last will and testament. Inheritance has to do with dying, does it? You don't get your inheritance until you die. And until Jesus is dead. Inheritance, kleronomia, K-L-E-R-O-N-O-M-I-A. Kleros means a portion. And nomos means law, a lawful portion. But where does a lawful portion come from? Don't you have to be legally a child of God to inherit? Yeah, you do. The Bible says, we've obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counts of his own will having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. You have to be adopted in order to be legally an heir of Christ. But it's according to His will. You don't go to... I keep saying you don't go to a, 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 a orphan's home and the child picked you out as a parent. You have to pick them out. And adoption is the word huiothesia, H-U-I-O-T-H-E-S-I-A. And huiothesia comes from huios and tithome. And tithome means, huios is the word child or son. And tithome means to place. You don't place yourself as a son in the kingdom. It's his will that we're born again. We are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God's will. John one thirteen. Now, I thought I'd kind of review a lot of this because all these things over here, atonement has to do, you have to be atoned with blood with the blood of Christ, and then you've got to shed your blood figuratively. That's exactly what happens when you're blood baptized. And that's the same thing as the narrow way. The Bible says John came preaching the baptism of repentance as it was written in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 40 and 3. 
you start preaching baptism later than Isaiah 40 and 3, you've started too late. Prepare your way, a highway in the desert, for the Lord makes straight a path for God's people to go back and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Now, I got so many things. Pentecost is a baptism. Inheritance is a baptism. Passover is a, ba- is a baptism. It's all death to self. Death to self is so important. Here's the thing. How can I say this unless you're old and get you to understand it? It's real hard to understand because you have to have experience. Experience worketh hope. And hope brings about understanding. Hope means, hope is the common Greek word, elpidzo. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith, substance of things hoped for. I've talked about substance being understanding and how it takes a daily cross to understand. But a daily cross is not something men want. Men hate the daily cross because their God is their belly. When the Bible says men hate the cross of Christ, it's not talking about Jesus' wooden cross that he died on. What they hate is you tell them you've got to take your cross and die to this flesh daily. Dying to the flesh is comfort. That's what it is. As an old man, I've never been this comfortable. I've stopped worrying. I don't stress over anything. I used to stress over everything. I used to go have asthma attacks constantly because I worried about everything, what I was going to be successful and have this job or be this super singer or be this great real estate mogul. I used to worry all the time. I don't worry about nothing now. I don't get stressed out over anything. What I do is I believe God is going to have his way in my life because he's declared the end from the beginning in my life and everything that I have not yet done. Why would you worry at 83 years old? That would be insane to worry at 83. Milton used to be here. Dear, dear Milton, he was just a sweet guy. He was about six foot three black fellow from Panama. And he just would sit and shake his head and just say, none of that matters now. I said, Milton, if you eat, you eat that, you're gonna, that's going to be unhealthy for you. And say, so what? I'm 93 or 94 and I'll die anyway soon. I can say the same thing now. I'm, I'll be 83 next month, next week. And I can say, so what? What if I eat that? Or what if I drink that? You think dying today or dying in a year from now is any different than dying? If I live 10 years, I'm going to be 93. Nobody lives past that. And the last 10 years have flown by. What am I going to worry about? Not having something? Not having a new car? I don't care about cars anymore. I drive whatever Mary doesn't want to drive. She says, take this car and I'll take this. And I say, okay. Of course, she's four foot six and a half and she's got to figure out if she can fit in a car. She's got to go sit down in it and see if she can see over the steering wheel. 
and she can't in most cars. She bought a Mini Cooper uh, back in 2009, bought it brand new and paid cash for it. And she found out after she bought it, she couldn't see over the steering wheel, so we let it sit in the garage for about five years, didn't drive it anywhere. Finally, one day I said, we got to start driving that. It's going to fall apart. So she said, you drive that, and I'll take that RAV4 back. She can, a RAV4, she can pull up to the seat and see over the steering wheel and over the hood because RAV4s are made that way. She can't see over the steering wheel of a Mini Cooper. So she said, you drive that, and I'll take this. I said, okay, whatever you want. So I let, let her drive what she wants, and I take the rest. I used to think fancy cars was everything. They don't mean nothing. That You know why people buy? <laughs> I comment to people pulling up beside me in a, in a, uh, in a, in especially a, something like a BMW convertible. I don't know it's a $100,000 car, $125,000. I just sit there and shake my head going, man, I guess you must be something. You must think you are anyway if you spend that much money on a car. And I just grinned. I had used, I bought a brand new town car in 1987. It was the prettiest town car you ever saw. Carriage roof, white interior, blue piping all over the seats, just gorgeous thing. And I'd pull up beside another town car, and i said, well, you may have a town car, but yours is not as nice as mine. I'd be saying that to myself. How, what pride, and what arrogance and ignorance. And to me, you know what a car is for? And getting from here to here. That's all they're for. Because after I get through talking to somebody about all these Greek words, they're not going to care what I'm driving or what you're driving. They don't care after they hear these truths. They hate you for it. Now, let me get on with this lesson. Now, we've been talking about the straight gate. El pizzo, that's the word hope, means to depend On promise, on a promise that has been given. But the promises have already been given by God. He said in all that list of death to self, He said in the world you shall have tribulation. That's a promise. You shall drink the cup. He's promising you these things are going to happen when He gives you an imperative command. You shall drink the cup, and that means to undergo a death. You shall have a last will and testament, and that's the word testament or covenant. Now, there's some words that I want to continue to give you. Everywhere you find gospel, since it is the straight and the narrow, what gets me about the gospel you hear these preachers saying, you need to preach the gospel. What do you mean? Well, it means good news. What is the good news? That you get to go this straight and narrow way? And you need to be crucified by people? Yes, that's the gospel. And then I have people write to me, when you're going to talk about the promise of God he's made makes us feel good. That's what makes you feel good when you get rid of self and you don't want to do all of this, all of this seeking the flesh. 
That's what makes you feel good in the flesh when you kill off the fleshly desires. That's the point. If you get old like me and you've been killing off the desires and God's taught you to do that, that's the, that's the outer man dying. My outer man, without a man you serve the law of the flesh. And with the inner man, you serve the law of God. If you get to a point where you can get rid of all of this outer man, and you'll get rid of most of it by the time you're an old man like me, but you will have a thin veneer of it, just a thin veneer. It'll just be a shell of it out here. That is what helps you. That's what helps you relax. It's the flesh that gives you a headache. Didn't you know that? It's the flesh that makes you sick and puts you under pressure. You haven't figured that out yet? You know why God God says he hid these things. Look over here in Romans. Getting rid of the flesh. I don't know how I can explain this to somebody's young. Getting rid of the flesh makes you relax. Getting rid of the flesh, you don't care what anybody thinks. Getting rid of the flesh and educating yourself in these Greek words and learning these words and what they mean. And when you say, well, nothing matters is that I'm getting rid of me. The only problem you have in life is you. The only problem I have is me. It's the flesh of me that wants what I want. Look over here in Romans. In Romans, he's talking about... I don't even know where I was going now. Talking about getting rid of self. Well, I'll give you something before I give you this. Getting rid of me is the big key. Your flesh gets you in trouble every day. Do you know that's what all the news is about? That's what the presidency is about. Men want to be president. That's what being a governor is about. Men want to be a governor. That's what robbing banks is about by some young guy that wants to get money illegally. It's about the desires of the flesh. That's all it's about. And that's why some guy wants some woman that she don't want him, and so he presses himself upon her and molests her. It's about the desires of this flesh. If you can get rid of the flesh, you're getting rid of the big problem of your life. You can come to a place of taking no thought for your life and relaxing. You will relax when the flesh gets to a minimum in your life. That's when you'll relax. That's where I am right now. I can relax about everything. It's not because I've got my house paid for. Everybody's got their house paid for at 80 years old, 83 years old. Everybody's got their cars paid for at that age. It's not that. It's no great thrill owning my own home. You know what the great thrill was when I bought my first house? I said, boy, I can go dig a hole in my yard and I can do anything I want to. It's my house. 
That's when it was a thrill. It's not a thrill any longer. I look at everything. I say, this is going to be gone very shortly. It's not going to be mine. So what does it differ? What is the matter whether I worry about it or not? It doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to show you some things. Well, I was, if I can think of what it was, about getting rid of yourself. Well, I had something in mind. I can't even think of it now. I'll tell you when I get back to it. So what you have to do, you have to be, the Bible says, enter ye in at the straight, at the straight gate. Enter, I circle my, is an imperative command. Hold on a second here. All right. I'm going to give you some more of these words. What hurts you, I don't know how to say this and to make it plain and simple. What hurts you is your fleshly desires. That's all. If you can get over your fleshly desires, you're home free. Because all you got left is the, is the inner man. And that serves the law of God. If you can get old enough like Milton used to be, he says, I don't worry about nothing. Why would you worry at 94 that you're not going to have a new house by 96? You wouldn't do that. I keep saying the best thing you can do to get over your flesh is get old. That'll help you. <laughs> It'll wear your body out. Now, we've been looking at the word stenos, S-T-N-L-S. That's the word straight. Straight. It's a straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. You will not have eternal life if you don't go through the straight gate and the narrow way. That word straight is the word stenos. It means to crowd through a narrow opening with people pressuring you on all sides. What they're pressuring is your flesh. If you can get rid of that flesh, you won't feel like the gate is so straight. And if you can get through the narrow way. When the Bible says enter, that's in Matthew seven thirteen. Enter ye in at the straight gates. I'd circle my. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. You can't have eternal life and go to heaven when you die without the straight gate and the narrow way and you are commanded with an imperative mood. Enter! I circle my. And then he says one other time. That Here's where you get stenos. Stenos is in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. If you depend on a promise, El Pinzo, you can depend on the spiritual promises of God, not money, not houses, not cars, not that girl, not that guy you want. That's not what God answers. Get rid of your fleshly desires, and that's going to take years of persecution, trials, tribulation, fire has to come to your life. If you get enough fire, you'll throw your hands in the air like I did at about 60 and say, Lord, I give up. 
I surrender. I'm, I'm not going to stress anymore. I'm just going to believe everything that happens in my life is what you want. If you could, do you think some guy in the 1850s was worrying if he was going to get a new Corvette, a red one? Huh? You think some guy in the 1850s, there was no such thing as Corvettes back then. Do you think he was worried about whether he's going to get a horse and buggy? Yeah. A new one. Yeah. But he wasn't concerned with what we're concerned about today. That just shows the relativity of worry. You could live 200 years ago and you might be worried about a new steed that you want to get try to get hold of, a horse. Now, you've got the word strive mentioned several times. I'm going to stay on this because I believe everything righteous has to do with the death to this flesh. If you can come to the place, you'll quit being offended by people. You won't worry about what people are doing to you. What you will do if some guy does you wrong, you say, here's what you'll say as a believer. i got to stay away from him. I'll watch out and I won't get around him no more. If he's cheating like that, even he's beat me out of something, and he's beating a lot of people, so I'll stay away from him. That's where the way you begin to think. Now, you've got the word stenogmas. This is a form of stenos, S-T-E-N-A-G-M-O-S. That's a form that is in, in Acts... 734, Acts 734. In Acts 734, it's the word groaning. You want to quit groaning? Give up. You want to quit worrying about things and groaning? I don't have the things I think I deserve. You don't deserve anything. No flesh deserves nothing but hell. The only thing that's deserving is Christ in you, and he will give you eternal life. And then he's revelated at Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. It's a form of the word straight. Because straight is that word stenos. And you see sten on the front of it. That's the stem of the word. And then you've got stenazo. Stenazo is mentioned more, it's a form of the word, more than any other of these words. Stenazo, that's the verb form. In the Greek, you'll have a noun. And you'll have, in the groaning, the older you get, the less you groan. The reason you're groaning is you're going through this straight gate and it's a narrow way. And narrow is, I didn't even put this on the list a while ago, tribulation. That's a part of being in the narrow way because the word tribulation is the word thalipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. That's also a form of the word thalibo, which is the word narrow. So, 
if we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God, you can't go to heaven without tribulation in your life as a believer. Tough if you don't like that. You gotta go through the tribulation. That's a part of the narrow way. They were trying to kill Paul every day when he made that statement, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. Stenazzo was mentioned six times in the Bible. Six. Not because I'm brilliant, but because I've got a word study concordance. And you will know that if you get a word study concordance. Now here's the times that Stenazzo was mentioned. You've got it in Mark 7.34. Mark 7.34. And it's this word, side. S-I-G. S-I-G-H-E-D. When you sigh, you're going, oh, oh man, that's kind of like taking a breather during the groaning. It's just difficult. And then you've got Romans 8.23. Romans 8.23. And in that verse, it's the word groan. And this is all, this is all the word stenazo. It's the verb form of stenos or straight. Stenos. And that's the word grown in Romans 8.23. And uh, even where ourselves grown within ourselves, what he's talking about, and I'm going to keep reminding you so you'll understand this, through this 8th chapter, leading up to Romans 8 and 29, he's got grown in there three times. Romans 8.29 He's got groaned three times before that. So that's the noise that we make. We're groaning. Oh man, I can't get my mother to listen to this, my brother, my sister. Oh man, this is so hard in this life. It's supposed to be hard. You can't go to heaven without it. I don't know why preachers don't ever say anything about groaning or the straight gate. When they say the straight gate, the narrow way, you have to walk the straight way and the narrow path. See, what does that mean? It means to hurt. You're going to be hurting. It bothers me to look at a world that don't believe that God when you say God does not love everybody they don't believe that when you say Christmas is Christ's mass it's Roman Catholicism it's paganism and it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America they don't believe that what they don't believe is the history of our nation they don't like history so this has grown here and this is talking about all the way back through that chapter goes back to the carnal man Earlier in that chapter, carnal is sarkikos, S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S. And that comes from sarks, the word flesh. That's the outer man of the flesh. And that takes you all the way back to chapter 7, Romans. 
725, excuse me, 725, when he says, With the outer man I serve the flesh, and with the inner man I serve the law of God. And what we're having to do is get rid of this this outer man. That's why he says in Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28, and we know that all the things that we're groaning over work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. The called is the ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, it means called out, kaleo out. And we're the called, the church. All things work together for good for the church. Those that have been born again. And then he says, for whom he did foreknow. For the whom's is talking about all these people that are groaning all the way back to verse 25 of the previous chapter when he says, I serve the law of God with the inner man and with the outer man. I serve the law of the flesh, and that's what God needs to get rid of. And that's how he's conforming us to the likeness of Christ in Romans eight twenty nine. That's what predestination is about, is getting rid of me in my life, getting rid of you in your life. I'm seeing things about predestination I've never seen. This doesn't just go back to chapter 7. It goes back to chapter 6. He's talking about the inner man the outer man. He's talking about the inner and the outer. Well, I was going to show you something in Luke before I forget it. Luke 16. Here's how, no, John 16. This is how you get rid of the outer man. This will show you exactly how you get rid of it. Um, That's not 16. It's Luke 16. Sometimes I get my verses mixed up. No, I've lost my place here. No, it is in John. Hold on here. I'll get it in a minute. This is how you get rid of self. All right. The Bible says, in the world... Verse 33 of 16 of John. These things have I spoken to you that in me you might have peace. What does it mean to have peace? A-I-R-A-N-A. It means to come together into one. When you can get rid of the flesh... Get rid of your desires for everything. Work the best you can. Make a decent living. Buy the car you need. But don't start wishing for something you can't afford. And don't start looking at a woman you want and you know you can't have her and she's beautiful and you're not. Don't do that. That'll make you sick. That'll make your flesh sick. Here's the way you get rid of self. 
the last sentence of this verse. In the world you shall have tribulation. That's a part of the narrow way. It's the exact same, well, not the exact same word. It's the word thalipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. In the world you shall have thalipsis. Narrow is the word T-H-L-I-B-O. That's the verb form of the noun thalipsis. Every time you find tribulation in the New Testament, it is the word thalipsis. That is a form of the narrow way and the straight gate. That causes you to groan in life, saying, my life is miserable. It's okay to feel that way when you're young. I told a young man that called me from South Carolina. He said, I've been diagnosed as manic depressive I said well I don't even believe in that but let me tell you I said I understand you have to take your medication until you realize that the reason you've been diagnosed they call it bipolar today I said the reason you've been diagnosed that way is because you're so depressed all the time you told your doctor I can't seem to get up there where these where those high rollers are and where those successful rich people are and I can't seem to have the things I want. Well, let me tell you about those people. Most of them are crooked and sleazy and underhanded. They are the majority of the world and the Bible says most of the people in the world are going to hell. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many go in there at. Because you don't fit with the world don't mean there's something wrong with you. I thought because I didn't fit with the world when I was in my 20s, I thought there was something wrong with me, and there wasn't. I had to grow old and find out I was on the right path, after all. I couldn't get along with the gospel singers. I made enemies of most of the big-name gospel singers because I'd get on stage and I'd tell on them about their womanizing, their drinking, their drugging. And one of the big, super-famous gospel singers, their country singers, now one of them said... Jim, why don't you just stop talking about us when you go in these churches? We've got to follow you in there. Mister, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for living the way you lived. You know who you are, too. I won't mention your name. But they're womanizers. They take drugs. They drink. They tell dirty jokes. They comment about women while they're on the stage and when they're off the stage. Gospel singers are repulsive to me. They're disgusting. None of them really believe and love Jesus with all their heart. He said, in the world you shall have the narrow way. You shall have the fiery trial. You shall have the gospel which is preparing the way of the Lord. You can you can substitute any of those things I'd put on the board. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The word overcome is a wonderful word. N-I-K-A-O. Overcome is a word of battle. That is the verb form. Overcome is a verb form of victory. Overcome. Victory is the word N-I-K-E. looks like Nike, and it probably is. That's probably where they got the word for the shoe. If you buy a Nike shoe, you'll have victory. You'll be able to outrun everybody. Well, you won't. What is the victory that overcomes the world? Let me show you what it is. 
Look over here in First John 5. First John 5. Could you also say I have overcome the narrow way? Well, sure you can. It's not the narrow way you're overcoming because you're going to be in the narrow way. You're going to quit paying attention to the narrow way. You're going to always be in the narrow way, but here's the victory that overcomes the world. The world, what is the world? That's what you're living in. That's your flesh. Your flesh is the world, and that's what you want. I want this, I want that, I want her, I want that car, I want him. I want a job making a lot more money. I'm going to stress myself out and get an education and take take. 20 semester hours a semester and you can't nobody can pass that with chemistry and physics and and algebra and all the rest of them that's what I did the first year in college and about killed me I wanted to get it all at once you can't do that in chapter 5 of 1st John whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat in other words him that begat that was God loveth him also that is begotten of him so if you read it and loveth is the word agape and that's walking in God's commandments so if you're walking in God's commandments you love those that walk in his commandments by this we know we love the children of God when we love God and keep to reo don't mean to do means to guard against loss tereo T-E-R-E-O. It's like you're standing in front of a cage with a big metal uh, safe in there and you've got a gun and you're... But that's your heart. The law is written in your heart. You'll say, I may not be able to do all these, but I'll guard them against loss. They are the truth. Then he says... And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our death to self. Faith is death to self, isn't it? If you can get dead to this flesh and just say, I believe God is in charge of every move of my life. And it may not be the way I wanted it to be down the road, but I'm going to accept it and be content in it. That's what Paul said. He said, I've learned in what service state I am there in the fourth chapter of Philippians. I've learned to be content. Well, I guess he should have. He was in jail waiting to be executed. Philippians is a prison epistle. He wrote it in prison. He said, I've learned... Took, you don't just become content in day, one day you learn A-U-T-A-R-K-E-S Aute is actually our word auto it means self Arkeo A-R-K-E-O means to ward off or push away self if you ever get to the place where you say my flesh don't mean nothing if I die I get to go be with the Lord you know what really makes you push away the flesh more than anything else learn these words 
Learn this word of God. When you can recall, when I walk into a grocery store, I've said this before, I feel like I'm the only man in the place, unless I run into Dave or somebody from the church here. I feel like I'm the only man in there that knows anything about the Bible. If there's any doctors in there, they don't know. If there's any lawyers in there, they don't know either. I say learn all these Greek words you can. And when you use them, a doctor will look at you like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. He'll just get cockeyed. When you use these words on people and use the truth on people, it makes them back off. And you don't care what they say about you. You know you've got them bum-fuzzled. They're confused with your Greek words. They don't know what to do with it. That's when you get to where you don't care about how you're dressed. When I, in the summer, I run around town with shorts on, with Levi's shorts and a T-shirt that says something like, God does not love everybody. And what I'm doing is I'm challenging the world to say something. Because I'm going to have more to say than they have to say against it. And that's what makes you willing to crucify self. When I talk to somebody, I talk to them like I'm in charge because I am. I'm, I'm in charge if I walk into a room full of teachers. I'm saying things that none of them know anything about. And that's when you get to the place where you trust God and not trust your own worries and desires. Get rid of self. The best thing to get rid of self is confessing Christ. Agreeing with Him and what He said. And telling the people what these words are. Put them on a t-shirt and wear them around. Nothing will get you attention like God does not love everybody on a t-shirt. That gets you more attention than anything. I've had women say, I think He does. I said, let me tell you what the Bible says. God said he loved Jacob and hated Esau for you, the one who were born, for you, the one done, had done any good or evil. Did you know that? And I don't even say it hard. They go, oh, 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 I didn't know that. Uh, all you have to do is give them God's word. And if you can't give them a Greek word from time to time. Now, he says, he says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Overcome is that word, nikao. Victory is nike in this verse. What overcomes the world is getting rid of your flesh. Your fleshly desires. And I'll have people write to me and say, why don't you tell us something that makes us feel good? The only thing that makes you feel good when you're living in the flesh is stop that flesh. That's what makes you feel bad because you have all the things you want. That's all it is. That's why God said in Romans 9. No, not 9. Romans. Over here in Romans 4. This is what I was going to give you earlier. Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans 4. That's not it. I'm, I'm sitting thinking. No, that's three. That would be Romans 4. Okay. No, it's not Romans 4. <laughs> no, I think I'm in the wrong book. First Corinthians. 
know why I said Romans. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Second Corinthians. Sometimes I get myself beside myself. Second Corinthians four. In this fourth chapter, Second Corinthians, this will tell you something maybe you've never seen before. Let me substitute a word for the gospel. And he says in verse 3, But if our fiery trials be hid, if our covenant be hid, our testament be hid, all this is equal to the same thing. If our blood baptism be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. He's hiding from the world a way to get over the flesh. That's what he's doing. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. How many gods are there? One. It is Jehovah God that has blinded their eyes. The devil is not a god. It is Jehovah God that has not let them see the truth and can help them to get over their flesh. Only believers can get over their flesh. You don't have any good thing coming in your flesh. Everything you accumulate is going to be gone very shortly. Bill Gates, $196 billion. He gets to keep that at a very maximum 20 years. What if somebody said, I'm going to give you $100 billion, but you only get to keep it for five years. Then you got to give it all away. What would you do? You'd say, never mind. (laughs) I don't want to live with that much money that short of time. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them. Jehovah God has blinded the minds of the people that believe not. He's made them vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. And they don't know that everything they live for in this world is worthless. It's all made out of dirt. And they think the cross of Christ is worthless. They think it's foolishness. The preaching of the cross is them that perish foolish we look like morons saying give up the flesh give up all this wanting things and stuff and working a job and working three jobs and trying to work to the top of some corporation so you can get everything you want from from this flesh wants in this life unless the light of the glorious gospel well let me put it this way unless the light of the glorious narrow way the narrow way is to only get rid of your flesh. That's the only way. Of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. God's not going to let the light shine in their life and reveal to them that they can get over the flesh. And all of them die with the flesh on their mind. When all these stars die, they die with their fame on their mind. But we preach not ourselves. How's that? (laughs) We don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants for Jesus' sake. I thought when I was young and I was making good money in real estate, I thought, well, this is my money. I'm not going to share it with anybody. 
I share everything I've got now. God's given me a free heart. You know what a free heart is? It's getting rid of your flesh. If somebody's in need, I go to their rescue. I don't say, what about me? I don't do that anymore. I'm not bragging. I'm saying God brought me to that. Well, gosh, you should be at that by the time you're 83, shouldn't you? You should be. But most of the world is not because most of the world is going to hell. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many of the world are going there because it's a little flock that gets into the narrow way. So he says that God blinds their eyes so they can't see. And they don't, they're not going to know getting rid of their flesh will make their body comfortable. I can tell you for sure. Getting rid of your flesh makes your body comfortable as a believer. Quit worrying about what you have or what you don't have, whether you can have your way or not. I've said this a thousand times today. You can't get mad at the world. God made them like that. They're supposed to cheat you and lie to you. They're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. You're going to change? Are you going to change a goat to a sheep? Fighting them is like trying to change a goat to a sheep. It's like I've said, going out in your driveway and, you, and you're trying to pave the drive, but you've got a great big rock there in the middle of where you want to put the driveway. You can stand out there at the rock and scream at it and ask him, why, didn't, why aren't you a tree? That way I could cut you down. Well, you can't turn a rock into a tree and you can't turn a, a goat into a sheep. And goats don't know that they're living miserable. All goats live miserable. Most people think all the goats are running together. You've never seen goats running together like sheep. Sheep run together. Goats climb up. They get on top of buildings, on top of houses. They climb trees. They're just nearly as adept as a monkey to climb. I used to have a calendar. I think I've got it at home somewhere. And every month, January, February, March, it had a goat on top of a building. Or had six or eight goats had climbed a tree and they're standing up in this tree. Goats don't need a shepherd. And they don't congregate together. They're independent. They just run everywhere. And goats are goats and they always have been goats. Now I've got some other verses on this. This is Stenazzo. Let me put them down. Stenazzo. I keep saying this to people. You know why I'm saying it so much? Because it happened in my life. I ceased to be real sick years ago. I was in the hospital dying when I was in my mid-40s. When I got over me... That's when my struggles stopped. When I quit thinking about Jim Brown. Now I'm always looking for somebody to pick up. Are you leaving? <laughs> we got so few here. Of course, few are going to find that. Are you leaving to go to the Broadway? <laughs> All right. Now I want you to notice here. Stenazzo, Matthew seven thirty four. It's grown. That's the. You never leave the narrow way. 
You just learn to adjust to it because the narrow way is what bothers the flesh. It doesn't bother the spiritual man. I can't tell everybody just how I feel now. I wish y'all could have known me in my 30s. I was a basket case trying to be successful in the world and torture my body to get on the top of the music world. And I found out it was a sick world. They cuss, they drink, they they unfaithful to their wives, unfaithful to their husbands. It's just an in, it's an insane world. And you can't get up on the top of that and be happy. It's like getting on the top of a pile of manure and say, I finally made it at the top of the mountain of manure. It's grown, it's three times in Romans 8. You got the word grown. Then you got in second in Romans 8, 23, you got the word grown. That's the word stenazo. This is all stenazo. All the times it's in in the New Testament. Second Corinthians five, two and four. Second Corinthians five, two, four. We ought to read that. Second Corinthians five. We're right here at it. When we got into Second Corinthians four, five, two. Well let's read one and two. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, these bodies, are dissolved, we have a building of God. We are God's building. The word building is oikodome. O-I-K, O-I-K, O-D-O-M-E. It comes from oikos, which is the word house, and we are God's house, and domain, which is the word roof. Oikodomain, and what builds up the house of God, according to 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, charity, agape, edifieth. And that's the word oiko. No male. And it builds up, it edifies, it, it oikos the house. The law of the house of God builds the house of God. And then he says here, and then he says in, in 5 and 1 and 2 and 4. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle are dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's our new bodies. Then he says, For in this we groan. We're still groaning. That word is the word stenazo. We're in the straight gate. Earnestly designed to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. That's our new bodies. When he comes back, and we're changed in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, and we have our new bodies. In a twinkle of an eye, which twinkles an eye, twinkles about one billionth of a second. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. 
For we that are in this tabernacle, these physical bodies, do groan. That's the word stenazo. We're in the straight gate. We're in the narrow way. Being burdened. Oh, we are burdened. We have to look at a world that don't believe God and we get miserable. And we get grieved and sorrowful and much wisdom is much grief and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow so the longer you live the more grieved and sorrowful you're going to be because of a world around you of unbelieving vessels of wrath fitted to destruction not for that we would be unclothed but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up in life now so now let's look at the last two times this is used. Hebrews 13 and 17. This is all the word straight, stenazo, the verb form of straight, Hebrews. And you got 13 and 17. I hope I'm getting this message over to you. I hope I'm getting over the people that are listening because if you're having troubles in your life, it's just your flesh that you're having trouble with. It's just like Danielle said. She said, I'm thankful for my car wreck that made me a paraplegic. That way I got to hear the truth and believe God. And he says, Hebrews 13 and 17. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 17. This is every time this word groan, which has to do with the straight gate and the narrow way. Because we're in the tribulation way, we're groaning. And I know everybody else, everybody here has groaned. We're just agonizing over these fleshly bodies. That's, they're not worth anything. After you die, see if you, see if you can, folks, can get a nickel for it. They can't get no money for a dead body. Hebrews. How much time do I have, Mike? 19. Hebrews. Look here in 13. I like Hebrews 13. It's a very interesting chapter. It's the last chapter of Hebrews. And he says here in 13 and 17. Obey, obey them. Ah, my page is all wrinkled up. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. I mean, why not? If they got the rule over us, ain't no need to fight them. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that so he's not talking about your boss on your job he's talking about believers that have a rule over you like jim brown (laughs) if he's your instructor listen as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for it is unprofitable to you and that word grief is the word with grief is the word stenazo it means to groan with grief and then you got one more time James 5 and 9 
Well, that's an interesting chapter, James. This is all the times that that stenazo was mentioned in the New Testament, James 5 and 9. Let's go over to James 5. So this word stenazo, it's not always translated stenazo. How can I find that out? you got to have a word study concordance. You look up the word in your concordance, take that concordance number, look it up in the word study concordance, and it'll tell you every time it's mentioned, and what English words they translated into. To. I don't know why they didn't translate all the same way, but they didn't. Hebrews. Uh, James, excuse me, James 5. The fifth chapter of James is an interesting chapter. I'll read this and then I'll explain the chapter. 5 and the word, verse 9. Grudge not one against another, brethren. The word grudge is the word stenazo. Don't wrestle against each other. You've got enough to wrestle with. Wrestling with the straight gate and the narrow way in the world that's pushing you. And where's that coming from? It's coming from evil people in the world. David said, deliver me from the wicked, which is thy sword in thy hand. Wicked men are God's hand as he's dealing with us. This whole chapter, chapter 5, is talking about rich men oppressing poor men. Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl. For your miseries that you shall shall come upon you. This whole book, chapters one through five, is about rich men oppressing the downtrodden and the needy. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them. The word rust is the same word as poison. In the in the, I believe it's opis o p i s. Same word as poison. In the third chapter of Romans, where it says the poison of asp is under the lips of these men that are like snakes. It's talking about evil men. And then he goes all through here, and he says, You have heaped treasure together for the last days. And he's talking to these rich people that are oppressing the poor. And he tells the poor in verse 8, be ye also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh, and don't be fighting each other. Don't be groaning or stenazo and push pressing one another, not one against another, brethren, unless you become lest you be condemned, behold the judge standeth before the door. That's God, that's Jesus. So and I've got several other words. I don't know if I can get to them today. You have, I've already given you stenazo. And stenos is mentioned three times. Matthew 7, 13, 14. And Luke 13, 24. I quote that all the time. Strive to enter into the straits gate. For many I say unto you will seek to enter and shall not be able. Because they don't like the, they don't like the struggle. They don't like what they get when they get into it. Then you have the word steno koreomai. S-T-E-N-O K-O-R-E-O S-T-E-N E-O steno 
Correo, K-O-R-E-O-M-A-I. This is a construction of stenos and K-O-R-E-O. Correo, not Korea. It can be spelled I-A, which looks like Korea. But Corel means an expanse. XP. I'll get in a minute. E-X-P-A-N-S-E. Expanse of land that's empty. It has the idea of being in the that desert that Israel's in for 40 years. And it, and it means to struggle and this expanse of land that's empty. It means an expanse, territory, fields, ground, ground, region. It means where there's nothing there just like the wilderness was for the people in the wilderness. And you find this word stenokoreomai and stenokorea, steno, K-O-R-I-A, steno, K-O-R-I-A. Usually when you find either one of these words, it's the word distress. People want you to, they call and say, won't you tell us how it makes us feel good? Let me tell you what will make you feel good. You couldn't feel any more good than I feel. I feel very relaxed all the time. My body's old and worn out. I've got a lot of aches and pains. I got back aches all the time. I have to take. It don't mean I'm hurting mentally or spiritually because I'm not. My body's wearing out, but I've never been so relaxed during this distress. When you go to Second Corinthians four eight. You'll see this word stenocorel. It's the place of emptiness. This world is empty. It's the place of emptiness where you are agonizing and going through this narrow way. It's the place of this world. This is an expanse, a territory where you're going through the stenos, the straight gate in the narrow way. The straight gate is the entrance and then you're in the narrow way the rest of your life, the tribulation. When you live for the Lord, don't think you're going to get out of it. The only thing that makes you stronger than them is like if you're a if you're a gunman and you in the old west, the only thing that makes you tougher than the other guy, you're quicker on the draw than him. You're a straighter shot. And when I pull the Word of God out, I shoot straight right between the eyes. And that's what makes me free. I've never been this free in my life. I wasn't free at 40. I was trying to get rich in real estate. I was stressing all the time. People say they don't stress. What they're saying is they're dead and they're not alive anymore. Anybody that says that, the richest of rich people stress. Bill Gates stresses constantly. He wants to outdo somebody else. He wants to outdo what's the big guy that's richer than him. Uh, 
I can't think of his name. I never can. Trump. No, he's he's a poverty stricken upside of. Oh, really? <laughs> Trump's worth about two and a half billion, and and uh, what's his name? The guy that owns Amazon. Jeff Bezos. Huh? I can't hear you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The guy that owns Amazon, what's his name? Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos? Yeah, Bezos. Yeah, Bezos. He's, he makes, he's supposed to buy out country music or something like that. How do I even do that? said he's buying country music, going to make it like it used to be. Good luck. <laughs> I think that's funny. They are, if you listen to country music today, it sounds like rock and roll of 1975. That's what it sounds like. I mean, the, what's the big group with the girl lead singer? Uh, I can't think of their names. No, an old band. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. If you listen to them, they sound like country music today. Yeah. They don't sound any different. Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> and I guess that's what they want to go back to. I don't know what they want. I don't think they want to go back to Hank Williams <laughs> and left it for sale. I don't know. I don't care what they do with it. And then he says here in Second Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4 and 8. This whole chapter is talking about being distressed. He says in verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessel is us, and there's a treasure in us to be able to die to the flesh that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What gets us to overcome the flashes of God? We are troubled. Philebo. Same exact word as narrow is the way. Verse 8. We are troubled. Philebo on every side, yet not stenochorea. Not, not completely distressed. We're not completely wiped out. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Exapoyomai. That means absolutely with no way out. There is a way out. God will, with this temptation, make a way of escape. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying the daily dying, the daily cross of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our physical bodies when we quit thinking about the flesh. This is a message I wish I could tell the whole world. I'd like to tell it to all the believers and say, you're wasting your time worrying about this life. It's going to be over shortly. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that his that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in these mortal bodies that we live in. 
How's his life going to be made to manifest when you die to the flesh? So then, death worketh in us. We're going through this narrow way, drinking the cup, blood baptism, so that life will work in you, Corinthians. That's why we're doing it. And when he says we're troubled on every side but not distressed in verse 8, that word distressed, stenokoreo, we're going through the straight gate, the narrow way. Everything that's pleasant to the believer comes about by death to self, to the flesh. And then he says the basic same thing in 6 and 12. 6 and 12. That fourth chapter, I could spend all day long on that. 6 and 12. You are straightened in us. You are not straightened in us. You're not straightened. Straightened is the word stenokoreo. But you are straightened in your own bowels. The word bowel is splanchnon. They said that was the gut, the stomach. It's like when you see a dog run over by a car and it's laying there. You have, you, you have a, something in your bowels that has a compassion for it. That's the word, that's the word spleen or splanchnon. And 12 says, uh, the next verse now, for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye enlarged, steno Korea. <laughs> so he's saying you can, don't have to hurt all the time. Then you got Romans, then you got steno Korea, which you find in Romans 2 9. Tribulation and anguish. Anguish is the word stenokorea. Then you have Romans 8.25. Shall tribulation or distress. These are the things. Nothing will separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And the word distress is that word stenokorea. You're in the straight and narrow way. And then Second Corinthians 6 and 4. We'll look at 6 and 4. I'm just about out of it. But in, he says, we're not to give offense in anything that the mystery be not blamed, but in things approving ourselves as the ministers, as the deacons of God, in much patience and afflictions, thalipsis, the same word as tribulation, in Necessities in distresses to know Korea. That's how we give glory to God. It's what we're going through because the world is after us. But as soon as you can learn to die to the flesh, has anybody ever here worried yourself into getting what you wanted? Have you ever worried about something till you got it? Never happens. So why why worry? Let things happen the way they happen. And then he's got one other verse, 1210 of Second Corinthians. It's the word distresses. 1210 of Second Corinthians. 
12.10. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches being infamous, in necessities and persecution and distresses in stenocorea. That's where my that's what I take pleasure in when people for Christ's sake, for when I am weak then am I strong. When I'm weak in the flesh I get strong in Christ. Pray that God'll make you weak in the flesh. Whew, am I out of time? One minute. One minute. Well, I'm going to cut it off here. I'm still not through with this. I'll have people call and say and write to me. Won't you say something to cheer us up? Let me tell you what to cheer you up. Death to the flesh. The flesh is what makes you miserable when you're trying to straddle the fence and get a hold of this doctrine and keep what your flesh wants. That's what makes you. That's what makes you miserable. Is the flesh? Kill it. But you can't kill it, but God will in time, if you're a believer, He'll stop you from He stopped me. Nobody worried more than I did when I was young. I worried so much it made me physically sick all the time. My family will tell you I was a sickly kid from the time I was young. I had to get old to get well. Well let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. God, help us and fight our battles. Our battles are us. Our battles are this flesh. Kill off the flesh, Lord, and we can live happy for you. Fight all of our battles, which is mainly us. And we'll praise you for all things. In Christ's name, amen. I hope everybody's getting a hold of this because... That's our problem is us. It's like the old Indian chief said, I've found the enemy and he is me. He was a... Take care of... Hey, Rusty. I got something for you. I got in the mail. Okay, take care. This is one message I would really like for people to get a hold of. If they're young, they have it to look forward to. They'll get over themselves after so many years. Hey, Sheldon. What you doing? I really believe this message is our... I believe this is the most revealing message there is. Getting rid of our flesh. Kid at my job wants to come to church here next time. Well, tell him, tell him, come on. Say, we'd love to have you. He may not like this. <laughs> I told him about it. Huh? I told him about it. You did. Did you tell him it was hard? Well, it is. It's hard on the flesh, it's not hard on the spirit. When people want me to say nice things that make Christians feel good, there's nothing nice to make them feel good. That's just temporary putting a con on them, like these radio preachers. It's not what people say. It's getting rid of this. That's our problem, isn't it? 
There's not any good white man or black man or red man or white man in the world. It's what's in their heart. 